Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, back by popular demand is Linda Tyler. She's got a new book coming out soon, but today she's going to show us how to repurpose all those Thanksgiving leftovers from yesterday. Please welcome her back to the show. Hello, Linda. How was your Thanksgiving? Hello. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, you got the memo that we're wearing black and white today. That's right. <laughs> Looking good. I love it when my guests and I match. So how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. We had some guests here and there was a lot of vegan food and a lot of things were were eaten and uh, lots of things were declared delicious. My entree was my quinoa cakes and those were popular and I made a mushroom gravy. So Lots of good stuff. Nice. Do you have lots of leftovers? That's the best part, if you ask Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. I'm getting smarter about making more, so I'll have leftovers. So how do we repurpose those leftovers for those that don't want to eat the exact same thing every day? Right, right. So that is my challenge for today. And I wanted to make things easy and as fun as possible as well, because, you know, I've seen a lot of posts online like, you know, 20 recipes to use leftovers. And they're kind of long recipes, you know, hard to make. And I think a lot of people spend so much time in the kitchen. By the time Thanksgiving is done, they don't want to make lots of fancy recipes. So I'm trying to make these as simple as possible. And I hope I hit the mark there. Well, I can't wait. Yeah. So I have five leftover categories. And the first one is mashed potatoes because I hope everybody has some mashed potatoes left. If they don't, um, then they better go make some. <laughs> that's right. So the, you know, the obvious thing to make with mashed potatoes uh, when they're left over is shepherd's pie, but I don't want to make a shepherd's pie tonight. I want to make some easier things. Um, so the first thing I want to make is some baked potato and vegetable balls. Ooh. And so it's like taking uh, the potatoes with some grains and some uh, vegetables and making them into little golf ball sized um, puffs and baking those. You know, a lot of people recommend making mashed potato patties, but those uh, it's hard to make those without oil in your frying pan. I actually tried to make it and do waffles, but it really stuck to my waffle iron. So I came to arrive at air frying or baking as the solution. So that's what I'm going to show today. Nice. So um, what I'm doing is taking equal parts leftover mashed potatoes. So in my case, I'm using a cup of leftover mashed potatoes. I'm using a cup of cooked grains. I like the contrast between mashed potatoes and cooked grains. So this is some quinoa. And then I had a lot of steamed and roasted vegetables left over as well. So I'm just using a cup of those as, as well. And in this case, I I ran a knife through them so they're smaller than, you know, florette size. So they'll be nice in a in a uh, mashed potato ball. And then I want to use some spices. Again, I'm just going to use uh, powdered spices to keep it simple. I'm doing some powdered garlic, some onion powder, and then you could go 
a variety of directions. My, my garlic powder is caking up there. Um, you could, I'm going to do thyme and sage and rosemary to keep with the fall like, Thanksgiving. Like a poultry thing. seasoning almost, huh? Exactly, yes. And then um, a little bit of rosemary. You could go other directions as well. And then some sage. And then just uh, stir it up gently. We don't want to smash all those lovely vegetables. And, you know, if you don't have enough vegetables, you can always use some cor frozen corn, frozen peas. You know, I like, I like to say varied colors. There we go. So simple to stir up and the mashed potatoes, of course, are great binders. They bind everything together. You don't really, you don't even need anything like an egg or flaxseed or chia seed. The mashed potatoes do all that work for you. Do you have any special mashed potato secrets, like maybe using Yukon Gold? Do you peel? Do you not peel? I do peel. I use russets. I like russets best. I find that they're fluffiest. They get fluffiest for me. I add a little bit of, besides plant-based milk, I add a little bit of nutritional yeast. Nice. And sometimes a little bit of tahini as well, just for a little bit of richness, but only a couple teaspoons. So our mixture is already done. And then we, uh, I'm using an ice cream scoop. Um, I, I go for golf ball size, just with your hands. They, like I said, they hold together really well. And you can get the kids involved. Everybody likes to make these shapes. And then what I do is if I, uh, I use an air fryer, you could use an air fryer at 400 degrees for about um, 12 minutes, or you could turn on your oven at 400 with convection uh, for about 15 minutes. And they get, they get light golden. They don't get dark golden as if they were fried, but they get a very nice, light gold color. So I will show you here. I can finish these later. I'll show you some that I made earlier. Do you like to peel your russets? I do. I do. Yeah. For for mashed potatoes. Yeah. How about you? Do you leave the peel on? No. For mashed well, I do, but I'm using Yukon gold. So they're uh, just so a little bit different. They have a softer. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay, I'll just finish these, this batch later, but let me show you a, so here is a plate of finished ones. And you can see they're nice, light golden, obviously no oil and Delicious. If you have some extra gravy, you can put those on there or just pop them in your mouth. They're really good right when they come straight out of the oven or the air fryer. Oh my God, those look delicious. Um, yeah. What other condiment might you use other than gravy? 
I'd put cranberry sauce on it, quite honestly. You could put cranberry sauce on there too. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think any sauce would go well if you had, even marinara, you know, would go well. Um, if you have some vegan plant-based sour cream, that would go well. Um, a cilantro-based sauce. I think almost anything would go well. You know, potatoes go with, with so many different flavors. Hey, when is your book coming out? My book is coming out, thanks for asking, in February, February 6th. I got, just this week, I got a very early copy, so I'm very excited about it. And um, I'm offering some pre-order bonuses if people order it in advance. Um, there's a link in the show notes to where they can go on my website, graciousvegan.com, and see what the pre-ordered bonuses are, a couple of eBooks, one that's all dessert recipes, SOS free dessert recipes, and a meal plan book, some mini posters with anti-inflammatory ingredients and hints and tips and tricks, and then links to some videos of me making my favorite recipes. But I'm really excited about the anti-inflammatory aspect of the cookbook, the plant-based anti-inflammatory cookbook, because Inflammation is connected to so many chronic diseases and uh, so many people suffer from inflammation that I hope this can be helpful to a lot of folks. And even as we age, um, our bodies are just naturally tended, tending toward inflammation. So it's good, even if you're not suffering from a chronic condition, it's great to think about inflammation and, and calming inflammation in your body as much as possible. So I'm super excited and I hope people will check it out. I have a link to the list of recipes and the table of contents. So if anybody wants to check those out, they can before they pre-order. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I have a second uh, mashed potato recipe. And that one is a potato chowder made with mashed potatoes. Whoa. Super easy. So here's how I approach it. So I like a little bit of richness in the chowder, not just kind of, not just mashed potatoes and broth. So what I did was soak some half a cup of cashews. By the way, I'm, I, I have all the recipes in a in a document and we put the link to that in the show notes. So people don't have to grab a pencil and try to follow what I'm saying. They can just uh, go to my site and sign up and get that. Um, so what I did was soak half a cup of raw cashews and blended those with some vegetable broth. So I have that cashew cream here. And then I combine that cashew cream, this is just a, an easy kind of one pot recipe with some, I want to get a little bit of cheddar-y uh, taste. So I'm using some nutritional yeast, two tablespoons nutritional yeast. Do you have some, a preferred brand of nutritional yeast? I don't. I buy it at, I buy it in the bulk section of my grocery store. I have bought Bragg's before. I like that, but I haven't noticed any difference in taste. So I I buy the I buy it in bulk. Great. Uh I'm using some yellow miso. You could use white miso. That's 
you know, umami and some of the, um, a little bit of cheesy flavor as well. Um, I have some thyme and some paprika, some smoked paprika and some onion powder. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, again, decrease the need to saute onions. And I think in this, in the case of this powder, it works. So I'm first gonna make sure I whisk out that miso so it, so I get it all smoothed out with the cashew cream. And then it can have a tendency to lump up. All right. And then I'm gonna add some more vegetable broth. I actually use a vegetable broth powder and you can find that recipe in my cookbook. So half and a half vegetable broth and then three cups of leftover mashed potatoes. So they go right in there and they obviously give it the name potato chowder that is so cool yeah it works and the other thing i found out today because i was kind of in a rush to eat something uh i put it i had some leftover pasta and it made a great pasta sauce as well wow yeah it was almost like a an alfredo so then we get all those, that mashed potato, well incorporated. You can see the um, the smoked paprika gives it a little bit of color, which is nice. Almost like a cheesy color. And then what I like to do as well is add some extra leftover cooked vegetables. So in this case, I'm, I'm putting in two cups of cooked vegetables. And so I'm gonna stir those in and I have a potato vegetable chowder. So once I put this on the heat, it will thicken up a little bit because cashew cream thickens up as it, um, as it cooks. You just boil it at, at a low temperature for three to five minutes. You can add more vegetable broth if you like it a little bit thinner, or you can keep it this thick as it is. So this is, uh, as I said, this is great as a, as a soup, or if you want to try what I tried, put it on top of pasta and it's super good because then you're getting your vegetables, a little protein, your tomato, your potatoes, and makes a lovely potato vegetable chowder. Yum. So again, going for easy and fun here. Definitely easy. Yeah. It looks delicious. I, I'll go for the thick version over the thin version. Yeah, me too. Me too. You can also use mashed potatoes in bowls. You know, you, you can make kind of an autumn bowl if you have mashed potatoes and gravy. 
And there's a lot of things you can do with mashed potatoes, but those were my two easy recipes for mashed potatoes. Okay, let's move on. So my second category is uh, cranberry sauce. And I know, I think your favorite preparation for cranberries is cranberry relish that leaves yeah. the cranberries <laughs> raw. Right, because it's just like, why bother cooking it when you get it done yeah. in five minutes? Yeah. So my favorite cranberry sauce recipe, which I included in the packet, is a cranberry, a cooked cranberry sauce where you leave them the cranberries whole, but then I add like orange zest, orange juice, um, diced pears with the skin on to get all that fiber, um, cinnamon, star anise. When you cook all those things together, it's super, super good. That orange, the pear, the anise, the cranberries. I use uh, date syrup to, to sweeten it. Really love that sauce and, and everybody yesterday loved the sauce as well. So um, there's so many things you can do with leftover cranberry relish or sauce, you know, especially in, in breakfast, you can put it on oatmeal, you can put it in chia pudding, you can put it in overnight oats, you could make a smoothie with it. There's so many things you can do with leftover cranberry sauce, cranberry relish. Um, I, I, I like to make uh, unsweetened yogurt so I can stir it into that as well. Uh, or a parfait, if you have some granola and some yogurt, you could make parfaits the next morning for your guests, you know, all sorts of things. What I would like to do and what I have been doing is making cranberry, leftover cranberry sauce bars. So, you know, like date bars that have the crumble at the bottom Ooh. and on the top and well, that's filling in between. So I'm using the, the cooked cranberry sauce as the filling in between. So I'm gonna quickly make a batch of cranberry bars. So I'm using some rolled oats. And we're gonna to wanna to make all the components just to make these recipes. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and then uh, date sugar using some date sugar and some almond flour. And then a little bit of ground flour, either oat flour or whole wheat pastry flour work. Both of those work. And then some baking powder and some cinnamon. So that we're making the dry ingredients of our crumble easy to stir up. I'm starting to use date sugar more and more in my baked goods because I find I can control the moisture better that way. So um, it tastes really good in this, in this preparation because I wanted that crumb layer to, to not be too dense, but to have more like clusters. So we have our dry ingredients there. Then we're gonna make our wet ingredients for the crumble layer. And this is some plant-based milk, <laughs> some almond butter. You could use other kinds of butter, nut or seed butter. And then, um, 
chia seeds. Those are not wet, but I like to get them going with the ingredients. And then two teaspoons of vanilla powder or vanilla extract. This is the powder. And then we wanna get that almond butter integrated with the milk. Let me use my whisk here. Okay, so let me double check that I have everything. Double you might have me. to write another book, Repurposing Leftovers. <laughs> Thanksgiving Leftover Book, yes. Or any kind of leftovers, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we have our thick, wet ingredients, which we then pour into the dry, add to the dry, and then stir those to incorporate. So you can see none of these are, you know, a lot of these are ingredients you might have at home already in the pantry and then we just stir these to incorporate so we don't see any beet sugar or flour that's still dry. So it's kind of a dry mixture, which is good and again. I don't want it to be too cakey. I'd like it to be a bit crumbly and not too dense. Kind of like a streusel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Right, and then we will use an eight by eight pan. I like I like the bars to be thicker. You could use a nine by nine and get slightly thinner bars, but I like the thicker ones. All right, and then uh, I put um, parchment paper in the bottom of my eight by eight pan. And then I take about half of the mixture to form the bottom. Just get it in there. This, you're gonna have to use your hands here and spread that out. Might have to wet your hands a little bit. It's a little sticky. Gonna get some, gonna get some water so I can get my hands in. What do you like better, cooking or baking? I probably like bake or cooking better. I know you're a pastry chef, right? Right, but well, I actually like eating savory things more than dessert. But I think yeah. I think making desserts is more fun. Yeah, I think so too, because the final product is like, wow, look what happened. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm going to need to borrow a little from the top layer. We don't want to have a lot of burned cranberry sauce in the bottom. So do what you got to do. Yeah, and it's fun with healthy plant-based baking to try to figure out what, you know, how to make it work. Because, you know, a lot of us grew up using butter and eggs and 
it's it's interesting to sort of get some of the same flavors and textures and yet use whole food plant-based ingredients. And it's so worth it once you once you do. Okay, and then here's my cup of cooked cranberry sauce. You can see some of the pieces of pear there. And we just spread that over. So yummy. Yeah, really good. Get some in every bite here. Yeah, super love. I loved. I love cranberry sauce. All right, and then we take the rest, and I like to kind of drop it onto the top, and then connect those crumb crumbles as as much as possible. But it's okay if they don't completely connect. I don't. I don't aim for a single solid layer. I just want them on top. So I'd pat down a little bit. I don't want to pat down too hard and kind of disrupt the cranberries, cranberry layer. So that is the cranberry bars. And then we bake it at, at 375 for about 30 minutes. Wow. And they come out nice and golden. I'll show you some finished ones that I've already made. Here we go. You can see the layers and the cranberry and the cranberry layer in between. Oh my gosh, those look delicious. Yummy cranberry bars. Yeah, they're sort of like date bars, fig bars. You know, there's a lot of variations. You can use any cooked fruit filling in the middle. You can use the exact same recipe for the bottom and the top. Um, but as it happens, cooked cranberry sauce works like a dream. Oh, what a clever use. Yeah, yeah. So that's our cran leftover cranberry sauce recipe. Did you do all the photography for your book? I do. I did. Yeah, over there are 80 recipes and over 20 other photos in the book there. So there's almost like 120 photos in the book. Um, yeah, I taught myself how to do photography over over five, six years. It's gotten better and better. Um, but yeah, that is a, that's a very create, it's a different kind of creativity. Um, and one I've really come to love and learn a lot from. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. Okay, next category is sweet potatoes. Of course, no leftover show would be complete without sweet <laughs> potatoes. So roasted sweet potatoes, you know, you if you roast it, if you dice them and roasted them, you can use them in a number of ways, like put taco seasoning on them and use them in tacos. You can um you, you can put them in bowls, you can um put them in a salad, you know, they make a great addition to a salad, either just grains and roasted sweet potatoes or 
greens and roasted sweet potato and grains and legumes. You know, you can create a real hearty salad if you like. Um, so there's lots of ways to use that. If you baked them or pureed them, you can use them in soups. I actually saw, I've seen it over the years, but I only tried it recently, which was to put sweet potatoes in hummus. And I used my hummus recipe and substituted half for half of the chickpeas I used pureed cooked sweet potato. And it was really good. Uh, so that was uh, that was kind of an epiphany. I actually added some chipotle adobo sauce to it. And it was super good. So I'm a real fan of that now, sweet potato hummus. What? So I, I've uh, heard, have you ever heard of beet hummus? I have, yes. It's bright pink. Yeah. Yeah, that's good too. I have made that too. It's good. And I saw a few recipes for chocolate sweet potato cake. I don't know if you have a recipe for that or if you've tried oh, it. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That. It does sound good. Yeah. But I wanted to do just the classic combination because it's a nice dinner recipe of um, sweet potatoes and black beans. So just to sort of emphasize how easy it is and it has a different flavor profile from you know the Thanksgiving meal so that might be welcome as well. So I have some leftover roasted sweet potatoes no oil, of course. And then I really, as I mentioned, I put chipotle adobo sauce in the hummus that I made. Uh, sweet potatoes with chipotle flavor are so good. So uh, this is the leftover from canned chipotles in the adobo sauce. I also have chipotle chili powder, which I like to use too, because you can just use a little bit. It can be pretty hot, pretty spicy. But I just wanted today to put a little, uh, you could dice up one of the, one of the chilies. They're very soft. There's, I, I didn't know that Chipotles are actually smoked jalapenos. Yes, they are. That's why yeah. they're, they're not too hot usually. Yeah, I I find the chipotle, maybe it's the adobo sauce that's hot. I don't know. I find them a lot spicier than jalapenos, but maybe that's just You me. do. Okay. Well, I think it's the seeds that make it hot. You know what I do is I yes. often, um when I get jalapenos, I often take the seeds and the membranes yeah. and soak them and then they're not quite so hot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Yes. So I'm just going to take a little bit of this sauce and stir it up with my leftover sweet potatoes. I just think that it adds a real special flavor that shouldn't be missed. Now you could use regular salsa and that would be fine, but I have a few different recipes where I use chipotle chili powder. So yeah, uh, you there are other ways to use it. So then um, I have some rice. Maybe you have some, you know, leftover quinoa or rice from the holiday. So I would put that in my bowl. Um, here's some kale. Maybe you made some kale or you have some. Uh, here's some black beans I drained and rinse those. So 
want to get our protein and fiber there. And then another secret I have found out this year, which I should have known sooner, was that you can make and freeze guacamole. Do you ever do that? Well, I haven't frozen it, but they used to sell it at Trader Joe's Frozen. So I oh, know. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. So what I would do, um, you know, if I were serving this, uh, was then I would heat this up in the microwave or you could heat each of those elements separately in something else. And then you can, I like something creamy on this. So I would add the guacamole that came out of my freezer a few hours ago. And then you could add here some cilantro leaves, which add, again, another layer of flavor that's so good. These are when you roast your sweet potatoes, what temperature do you like to roast it at? I use uh, 425 with convection. Okay. I do 450 you, in the Breville. Do you poke them? I, I just cut the tips off because yeah. sometimes when I poke them, they get really messy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause you're just trying to let the steam out so they can come out of that steam can come out the end. Yeah. But if you do, they can shoot out all that juice out of every hole you poke in them. Right. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. So sweet potatoes, don't forget about sort of a Mexican bowl with that chipotle flavor. That is my offering for fun and easy. Okay. Let's go on to the next category. Okay, so the next category is extra vegetables. So maybe you made broccoli, cauliflower, green beans, corn, carrots, um, and the guests didn't eat them all. So you have these cooked vegetables in your refrigerator. So you could make a salad like a chopped salad with cooked vegetables and greens. You could use extra legumes, extra grains, make it again, very hearty. I actually did try to make a um, creamy salad dressing with cranberry sauce. I used my pomegranate molasses um, recipe and I substituted cranberry sauce. It turned out bright pink, which, you know, it's, for a salad dressing, it was kind of weird. That's why I didn't feature that. But you can make salad dressing with cranberry sauce as well. And if you make a vegetable salad, you can um, you can top it with something like that or any dressing that you like. Another idea is if you have guests that stayed overnight, you can make a tofu scramble that next morning. And then just right at the end, put in some of those cooked vegetables. Obviously, they don't have to cook. You don't want to overcook them. So you can do it that way. Um, you can use them in a lot of soups. If you think about any soup that has vegetables in it, just think about reversing the method. And so like a lentil soup or a chili or a chowder or a um, taco soup, enchilada soup, homemade pho, you know, anything that has vegetables in it, just put the vegetables in right at the end. So you don't have to chop them and put them in at the beginning, just put them in at the end. And you have all these nice cooked chopped vegetables in your soup, but you added them right at the end. 
So that's that idea. What I wanted to demonstrate was actually using them in a stir fry. So what you need to make a very fast, very fun stir fry is your cooked vegetables. So I have a variety of cooked vegetables, green beans, broccoli, roasted cauliflower, some steamed carrots. So I'm gonna put those in my skillet. And then I'm gonna also add some sliced green onions, some chopped, finely chopped garlic, and some finely chopped ginger. So I get that, you know, stir fry flavors. So that's the only extra chopping you have to do. And then I'm gonna use my, it's in a peanut butter jar, but this is my goes with everything stir fry sauce from my site. And so it, it doesn't have oil in it and it goes with a lot of different vegetable combinations. So you don't need the whole thing. This is a whole recipe. Need about a third to a half a cup for each each um, each batch of stir fry. So what I'm going to do is add a little bit of water. Let me get some water here. You know, you gave me an idea for repurposing cranberry sauce, making the dressing because oh yeah, you know, there's a dressing. I don't know if it's. I think it might be a PCRM recipe where you take like frozen or fresh strawberries and add a little bit of mustard and vinegar. Maybe oh. I think cranberry sauce might lend itself to some kind of a dressing like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because I used a little bit of tahini, so it was creamy, but maybe a less creamy dressing would, would work better with something like that, with a fruit. It's a good idea. So I am... Heating this up, this is a thick skillet, so it's going to take a little bit, a little time. And by the time the vegetables warm up, the, um, you know, the, the green onions and the garlic cook very fast. So by the time the vegetables cook up, those extra stir fry vegetables will be fine. They don't need to cook very long, just a minute or two. And my um, the stir fry sauce has some soy sauce. It also has some maple syrup, uh, a little bit of Chinese sesame paste, which is similar to tahini, but it's the sesame seeds are roasted darker than the sesame seeds that are used for tahini. So it's a darker brown paste. Um, it's something that's used in, I don't know if you've ever had cold sesame noodles as an appetizer in a Chinese restaurant, but uh, Chinese roasted sesame paste is an ingredient there. And I, I bought it in order to make cold sesame noodles, but then I said, this would be a perfect substitute for sesame oil in almost anything. So I use it uh, instead of sesame oil, when I want that flavor, That's, I get it. At, I get it at an Asian. So you market. get it in an Asian market, huh? Yeah, you can buy it online, but it's a lot less expensive if you seek out an Asian market in your area, if you possibly can. 
it's at least half as much as like on Amazon. And the Asian store that I go to here, the Asian grocery has like three different brands. So, um, but it's a hundred percent sesame paste. You know, it's it behaves just like tahini because they're essentially the same thing, but there it's, it's it has a little bit of a bitter edge, which I really like because the seeds are roasted longer than the seeds are roasted for tahini. So I'm hearing sizzling here. As I said, I don't want to overcook these vegetables. They're they're cooked and we don't want to cook them more. So I just want to heat them up. And so I'm going to stir and then add some of this stir fry sauce. And you can even freeze this stir fry sauce. I have found you need to stir it or whisk it when it's when you thaw it, but it freezes well. So you could freeze it even in, in portions that you think you'll use, like a third of a cup or quarter cup. So I'm gonna add quarter cup, see where we are. I was making, I was sort of aiming to make three servings of these stir fried vegetables. You could also add like baked tofu pieces or even soy curls. You could add something with protein to this, but it needs, again, it needs to be done. It needs to be already cooked and just warmed up. So I'm just stir frying these vegetables. And of course you can serve these on rice or you could also cook up some whole grain noodles like 100% buckwheat noodles, soba noodles, and add those at the same time you add the stir fry sauce and have a noodle, a whole grain noodle, stir fry as well. Hava noodle, that's my dog Bailey. She's a hava noodle. <laughs> that's literally what she is. She's a, a mutt, but I guess think that's a purebred, but hava yeah. noodle, cool. Neat. So I'm hearing lots of sizzling here it smells great it smells like a like a stir fry but again we reversed the process we cooked the vegetables first and then we added that to the stir fry at the end so and I think we are done I'm, I'll put some on a plate here just so I can hold it up to the camera but again, it's nice. The nice thing about this is that it's a different flavor profile from the Thanksgiving dinner. So you have a, so there it is. Nice stir fried vegetables with the, uh, those extra ingredients and the stir fry sauce. Wow. You're yeah. so creative. Oh, thank you. And then the final category, which I don't, I, I don't have a recipe. I, I, I'll include a recipe in my packet, but I don't have it to demonstrate today, is leftover pumpkin puree. If you're like me, you make something and you don't use the whole can. Uh, I do have a pumpkin pie recipe that uses one can exactly of, pump, of pumpkin puree, but 
sometimes you have leftovers. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have seen a pumpkin smoothie. That's a great way to use pumpkin. It's high in fiber. It has some protein. It's a great way to use pumpkin puree. Pumpkin chili. I admit I have not tried pumpkin chili. I don't know if you have, AJ. Yeah? Is it good? It's very good. You know, it's like a squash, right? Yeah. 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 So you can uh, make pumpkin chili with that extra, whatever's extra in the can. Pumpkin muffins, of course. And then what I developed a recipe for was pumpkin chia pudding. So it takes a half a cup of pumpkin with some plant-based milk, with some chia seeds, a little bit of cocoa powder, which adds a little bit of a kind of a mocha flavor to it. And then I think some maple syrup and it, you can divide it into three or four portions. And it's a, if you love chia pudding, it's a real nice variation on chia pudding to add pumpkin puree to your, to your chia pudding. So that is, that's my idea for extra pumpkin puree. Wow. That's great. It's wonderful. So tell us again, how we get today's recipes and how we get your book and the bonuses. Sure. Sure. So both of them, you can go to my site. Well, there's a link in the show notes to get to the pre-order page for my cookbook. And that will tell you uh, where it'll link to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookshop.org. If you pre-order and then send me a copy of the receipt, I have my e- the email address to use there. Then I will send you uh, the links to all the bonuses that you can access immediately. I also have a little gift card. If you want to give it for the holidays, you can cut it out and give that to somebody and pre-order the book for them for the holidays. And then for today's recipes, uh, if you go to the link in the show notes, and that'll take you to my site if you just sign in and you'll immediately get the download for this uh, packet of recipes. Well, thank you so much. What a, yeah. I mean, this I think today's menu was probably as good, if not better, as your Thanksgiving yesterday. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's uh it's fun to use uh, leftovers in creative ways. So I really enjoyed it. What are you going to make for? How are you going to outdo yourself for Christmas? Ooh, Christmas. Well, I um, one of my traditions is making fruit cake. So. Mm. Uh, There, I actually have the recipe in my cookbook is year round fruitcake, I call it, but I'll be buying the ingredients soon to make that. And again, that was a little work to turn, you know, a vegan. I found it once I found the, the original recipe had nine eggs in it. So I went from that to a vegan version. And now I've gone to an SOS free version. And so that to me is the kind of the jewel in the crown for my Christmas cooking. Do you give it as gifts? I do. Yeah. People like it. I also do some flavored nuts and things and, and put those together in packages for people. Oh, that's nice. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad. We don't live near each other. <laughs> I know. We can meet uh, halfway. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank congratulations you on the book and guys get it now. It really helps authors when you buy the book in advance, it really does. Those pre-sales really help publishers see the value in having plant-based books and that there'll be more of them then. So thanks so much, Linda. This was a wonderful presentation. 
Thank you so much, AJ. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time for Plantiful Kiki. She'll be talking about sustainable weight loss without cutting carbs. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.